What a filthy job. Could be worse. How? Could be raining. And that's a classic line from young Frankenstein. And there are times when my husband and I are just frustrated with something and we'll look at one another and we'll say, it could be worse, it could be raining. And that's actually a very good therapy skill to be able to keep a sense of proportion. Even today, today I went out and I had to return some bedding that I bought. The sheets didn't fit. So I went to return it and I couldn't find the sales slip anywhere. And I was really stressing out about this. Now, think about the things that you can stress out about in your life. I mean, losing a sales slip is minor. And what one of the therapy skills is to keep a sense of proportion, to be able to say, it could be worse. You could have lost a lot more than just a therapy slip. And not a therapy slip, excuse me, uh, than a receipt for betting. So I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, and you can call me with any questions that you would like to ask a counselor or a therapist. My number is toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. And my website is drkenner.com. I list lots of books there and articles, and it's an, inter- an interesting website. And right now, I want to turn to the phones, and we'll t- welcome Lillian to the show. Welcome to the show, Lillian. Hi. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Tell me, what's your question? My question is, how can I deal with anxiety and um, terrible depression over the death of my brother without medication? Oh, your your brother recently died. What happened? Well, my brother was in prison for 45 years for various things, um, uh, at, at first, he ran away from home because we, uh, and then he got into the system from that way, and then he got okay. into heroin in prison, and it, or when he was in the juvenile places, and he just he just turned sixty, and he got out of prison, and he was doing really well at a job, and he was getting married, and um, but he um, had heart failure. Okay, so it was and, a sudden and I death. I went over to take care of him, and we didn't get along, and I loved him so much. Okay. What did you love about him? He had a, he was I know it sounds ridiculous but he was even in prison I keep getting letters of how he's changed people's lives and he um gave a speech once when he got out for a short time and um the dean of the University of Washington wanted to give him pay him to go and lecture around how the penal system doesn't work. He was very charismatic and he and I loved him, and he took care of us when my parents abandoned us. We were on the streets for months before. Oh, my gosh. How old were you then? And so we had a special bond, and I loved him so much, and he's dead now. And I, every time I think about it, I feel like I'm going to go mad, but there's nothing you can do. Okay. How long ago did he die? <laughs> July 12th. July 12th, so several months ago. Well, yeah. And what has helped in that interim? Uh well, it seemed like for two weeks I was doing uh, real well, I didn't care. I was just I was I was just engulfed in grief and there was nothing that could have pulled me out of it. And then all of a sudden I snapped out of it and I can't exactly um tell you what uh, it snapped me out. I whether it was a Gershwin tune or I used to be in Broadway musicals and um and I think music helped me and then I'm a real estate agent as well. 
but then but then I keep getting waves of the reality of him being dead and you know, his ashes were in my trunk, and he hated the cold, and I had to run out there and bring him in, because, you know, I'm just... You had to run out and bring what? And I'm not religious, and I'm, I, I'm just... Okay, you had to run out and bring what in? His ashes in. Oh, okay. Because he hates the cold. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm going to Michigan. Okay, so here, here's what I'm hearing, that you, even though he was in prison, you're saying that you owe him... You owe him so much from the beginning of life, from when exactly. you were, and that you you are so appreciative of that, and you didn't get along at the end, so it wasn't a good ending for both of you. No, you didn't get any closure there. But know that it's within you, your capacity to apt to love and appreciate, is within you. That's a trait of your own. That's a character trait that you've developed over the years. Another person would have said, "You know what? I I hated him. I hated his guts." Now there are things about your brother you probably didn't like, because he was in prison, right? Well, he'd always escape and he'd rob our family and and uh, even robbed. Uh, Places that I worked at, you know, and um, out when I was a concierge at a hotel, and when he robbed the. the so hotel. he violated individual rights all the time. All the time. Okay. He, oh yeah, he was. He was not perfect, and he did a lot of horrible things. That's you know, he wasn't in prison for. for What's um, the most horrible thing he did? Um, uh, armed robbery. Armed robbery. Okay, so it could have been me or you. Yeah. At the point of a gun. Yeah. Right at his gun, so he. If you, you if, when you judge a person, you want to make sure to keep the full picture, um, the full okay. context. That's what I was talking about at the beginning. With you know, it could be worse. It could be raining. Right. But you want to hold the full context. This man, on the whole, was not a lovable person. He's someone who could turn on you. He's someone who was using drugs. I'm assuming, did you say heroin? He was someone who screwed up his life at the very beginning. He had a really hard start, granted that, but there are a lot of... I had the same one. Exactly. And so you ran an experiment in your family, and you noticed that you made much better choices. And I just finished a, a, a tape on Frederick Douglass, who was a slave, and... You know what? He was he was brought up being beaten, really badly beaten, and he became a phenomenal individual. Yes. And you don't have to know the history, but I would say that on the whole, you can say that you have the capacity to value what your brother did heroically at the outset of your life. But then he made a series of very bad choices that got worse over time. He destroyed what could have been your loving brother. So when you met him at the end of his life, he, we didn't know it was the end of his life. No. When you met him at the end of the, his life, you were probably holding out some hopes. The the university, uh, was it the dean or something who said oh, that? the University of Washington. Right. Yeah. You know, who you were probably holding out some hopes that you would, he would be, be a much better person but my guess is given the whole his whole long history 60 years that the, it, you didn't get along with him at the end there so something well, I was, was taking care of him and he was acting like an ass okay so he's not a good person i think your brain needs to be able to integrate that over time and you, you it doesn't sound so much i know um the, the 
you're feeling like you have a lot of depression and anxiety, that's normal. Anxiety is uncertainty, and you don't know how to place your brother in your own mind. Was he a good person or a bad person? Could you have done more, or should you have just dumped him at one point? You need to go through grief. You need active grieving. A grieving is allowing yourself to bawl your eyes out because you need to be able to have the thoughts so you can connect them clearly, just like you're doing on radio right now with me. You want to acknowledge the death, understand his death, understand your own pain that you're feeling, reconnect to his memory. It's not him, but just if I were you, I would try to preserve what you loved about him without denying that he did armed robbery. This is not a, a good person. It was. It, it it wasn't like you know. Um, you know, for his own um, wealth, it, it was to, because you know heroin is an illegal. Yes. Drug. Oh, I understand. He was addicted, and I understand people do really bad things on that. But people also work to get off of it too. As you said, you did much better. Listen, I wish we could continue this. I know we're at the end of time. I'm um, so sorry. Thank you um, so much, and I encourage you to get grief therapy. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. A successful romantic relationship requires a warm, loving atmosphere. Anger is a big romance destroyer. You cannot simultaneously be warm and angry toward a person. Occasional anger is not uncommon, but it cannot be the prevailing mood of a happy relationship. Anger comes in many forms, belittlement, sarcasm, insults, criticism. One of the most common forms is resentment for real or imagined slights or injustices. Partners who hold grudges for days, weeks, months, or even years without expressing them keep their loved ones in a state of bewilderment. Eventually, the victim of anger withdraws emotionally from the relationship, which leads to more resentment and a downward love trajectory. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.